Hey, I get it. You feel stuck, uninspired at work, and you want to live a more purpose-filled life. At minimum, a more creative one. I understand. I felt the exact same way a few years ago. There was even a time where I felt lost, hopeless, and fell into a depression. All because at my core, just like you, I knew I was meant for more. There was fear, overwhelm of not even knowing where to start. I even wondered if it was just too late for me. That's why I decided to create God is Transcending 28 Days to Transformation and Clarity, a course for women of color who want to start to get unstuck and start living their dreams. And to help you get started before the course launches later on this month, I've created a quick three-day challenge to getting unstuck. To learn more and sign up, simply go to the links in the show notes. If you have questions, you can make sure and email me or send me a message on Instagram at Amigapreneur. Today we have Adri, an artist, Reiki healer, intuitive portrait creator. Healing comes in many forms. Today we learn how art helped Adri heal, what it really means when we outgrow our relationships, how to find joy even in the darkest places, and why she says we are intuitively helping one another heal. And as always, much, much more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's funny how all of our stories just connect, right? Like everyone everyone goes through something. So about um, maybe almost four years ago, I left my partner of almost eight years. And um, with, you know, probably, you know, years of, of feeling resistance and resistance and not feeling myself and in this relationship that really wasn't serving me and not knowing what was going on. And since leaving him in about three years ago, three, four years ago, I've been on this journey of figuring out what in the world I'm doing in my life. And what I've realized is that that shift in the resistance in the relationship was me shifting, was me asking the questions of why I'm here in this world. Why, what's my purpose? There must be more. And um, unfortunately, the the relationship wasn't supporting that. And, um, and I blamed it on the relationship, but really what it was is I was growing into my awakening, um, and, and starting to see me change in my older years and wanting more for my life. And it was, I hit, you know, leaving him was, um, definitely rock bottom and it was, um, a true awakening to figuring out what my purpose was. It was never, um, I never had the support or, you know, now with so much of, um, conversation around spirituality and, and following your intuition, there's so much more support now to understand that process. But at the time I was just like confused as hell. Mm. Um, so I just kind of maneuvered through it on my own and started to realize that there was a lot of relearning, a lot of re-identifying and um, and just now, just even today, you know, learning the lessons that I've been needing to learn to become the person or to really be the person that I'm supposed to be in this world. And it's taken 35 years. Um, and it's taken three years of me really doing a lot of work to figure that out and to be comfortable with it today. So, yeah. Does that answer your question? 
Yes. <laughs> I feel like I went on a little tangent there, but <laughs> no, was, I, I always appreciate when women come on and, and they they just have this opening and especially like I, I feel sometimes it's even like a re like a reawakening of what that process is really really about. Mm-hmm. So if you yeah. could take us back to that moment that what do you feel triggered you to start questioning? Um, that this relationship wasn't for you and that you were meant for something more? Was it a feeling, um, an event? Like, what do you feel triggered um, this to start going into motion? I think um, it got to the point where um, nothing, you know, huge happened. It was more like I looked at myself in the mirror one day and realized, like, I'm sad (laughs) and uncomfortable and I felt really held back. And I blamed it on a number of things. I blamed it on um, after seven and a half years not being proposed to. I blamed it on not having a kid in my late 20s. And so those are the things that I blamed it on. But what it truly was happening was that I just was outgrowing this partnership and didn't feel that I had the safe space to truly be myself. And I got so uncomfortable, like just to the point where I think I had temporary um, insanity, where I just looked at him one day and I was like, just tell me, do you want this or not? And he couldn't give me an answer. And that was just the day where I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I left. And um, yeah, since then, it was a lot of thank God for the support of my friends and my family. But it was emotionally and mentally hitting a point where I was so confused in my life, but had that inner voice that was like telling me to keep going. And, um, and, I, and I, and life sort of, yeah, started to fall into place. Teachers started to show up. My spiritual awakening started to show up um, or evolve even at the time. And um, it led me to, to where I am today. What do you feel is that was the meaning of that relationship? And what do you feel keeps us there? Um, and, and even though internally, you know, our body, our, our spirit, you know, our intuition is telling us it's been time to go. We've already outgrown this situation. Um, but what do you think that we put meaning, right, into that relationship? What do you think that was for you? And what do you think kept you there? um excuse me uh there's a lot of answers to that question um comfort kept me in it uh my habits from trauma kept me in it um society's you know the construct of you know you stick it out in a relationship in order to get the marriage and get the the ring and get the kid and and get the house and the car and all that stuff. I was stuck to that storyline. I was stuck to the Cinderella, um, the construct of making that all come true. I wanted it so bad. Mm -hmm. Um, And in my upbringing, I had a a really beautiful supportive upbringing, but there was a lot in my life that taught me to be submissive to men and that finding a relationship was the end all be all. And that was how you found your happiness as a, as a woman. Mm. 
so that's what kept me there. And I just was resilient in the fact that I wanted to make it work. I wanted to do anything to make us happy, even sacrifice so much of myself that I sacrificed my happiness in order to make everything work. So after years and years and years of doing that, it was a habit. It was just the way that I knew to exist until I hit that point of, of realization, basically. Can you talk to us about what it was like when you made, made the decision to let go and to break old patterns and old habits and finally decide that it's better to be in a space where you don't know than be in a space of what habit is. Can you talk to us a little bit about that, how that was for you? I think it was, it was completely intuitive. I, um, I live, my construct or the way that I exist is very flighty and very sort of, um, I go with the flow. So something beyond me pushed me through it. Something beyond me pushed me to my wit's end and um, moved me into that depression, kept me there because I think I needed that darkness to find the light, mm-hmm. um, kept me there for a while, but always spoke to me from a place of reminding me that it's going to get better and this is a place to learn. So I, I feel very blessed, but I had the right people show up without me even looking for them to help me out. And, um, yeah, it was, it, I, I, I really wasn't functioning from a, from a, a place of, 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 of focus. I was functioning from just reaction, reacting to what was happening to me. I think that, I think that tends to happen a lot for, for a lot of us that grow up in trauma. It's Mm -hmm. reaction. And then we recreate relationships and a life that matches the upbringing because mm-hmm. we're used to reacting. At least that's the way it was for me. Um, mm-hmm. I was very reactionary and still am to this day, obviously, after doing the work and, and meeting the people that are supposed to come in your life, right? You start recognizing habits and, and that you're, a lot of the times you go off of reaction. Mm-hmm. That there is no time to settle down and think, even though you've gotten to a point where you can actually do that for yourself. Mm-hmm. Not knowing um, how exactly to live that life a lot of the times you revert. Can you talk to us about your guides and how the people that showed up in your life when I really love, I, I really have to say that it, it was so beautiful that you said that you needed to go into that depression. I think a lot of times we often think that depression is the worst thing, that we're in our worst point. But I love that you said that you that someone was there with you, guided you out and into depression, and that you needed that. But mm-hmm. that you had, you know, people show up without you even looking for them. Can you talk about, you know, maybe the lessons um, or or what they showed you might have opened up in you from that place of darkness? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> I think without being so firstly, I think being in darkness or being in depression or in the darker moments is we, there's a lot of stigma around it being really bad, but 
I find so much beauty in rock bottom, basically. It gives you the eye to see the light and it gives you the eye to see what's good in the world. And when things start to feel good, your body, your mind, your soul starts to awaken from that, that darkness. Um, the, the people who brought me out was, um, luckily in, in that space of darkness, I held on to curiosity and, um, I had a yoga teacher who just saw me and, you know, pulled me up and asked me to, to show up and, she gave me the space to show up exactly how I was in the moment and to speak from that place. And um, it was at the time incredibly embarrassing, but because, you know, when you, when you let when you open up your vulnerability, you feel a lot of different emotions, mm-hmm. but the lesson that came with that was that it's okay to be exactly as you are in the moment. Mm-hmm. And she saw me and pulled me into her community and allowed me to grow from that space. And, um, and then, and that's where I learned where that community is huge and very important in my life and showing up exactly how you are is exactly what is supposed to happen in that moment. Um, and that angels do exist because uh, intuitively we are always pulling each other out of the darkness whether we know it or not. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to us about healing through your art? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in 2016, in 2016, I quit my corporate job and um, it was about a year after I had left my partner and um, I had been working in this corporate uh, in a corporate role that I was actually quite happy with, but I, my whole life I'd always wanted to go to Spain and live and experience Spain. And so one day I just decided that I needed to do that now. So I left my job, went to Spain, um, struggled through it, not knowing that I was still healing, um, still healing a lot. It was only a year, mm-hmm. um, probably in a, with a bit of denial. And um, Spain was amazing, but also very difficult. And I came home um, with not a penny in my pocket and um, desperately searching for a job to sustain my life in Vancouver, Canada. And, um, and I wasn't getting anything. There was so much resistance that nothing was coming up. And artwork was uh, the only thing that I knew that I could do to get me firstly off the computer off of the job hunt and it was the only thing that gave me the space to just do whatever I wanted intuitively tapping into that space of connecting with myself and connecting to something that I felt really free in what came from that was um, I started to paint a lot of figure work so a lot of body bodies in different positions and I found it so healing um, to paint certain positions so I ended up painting um, one pose probably about a dozen times or maybe even more that now that I look back um, it's given me it was definitely releasing something in my body even though I wasn't making 
that shape with my physical body. I was painting it. It was something that I needed to work through. And it was a feeling that I was working through as I was painting the shape. So it was looking in the moment, you know, you're just sort of tapping into that, that space of, of being creative or doing that expression. But looking back, I just, I can totally see that I was healing through the artwork and it was really powerful. And it looks like now too, like what you're doing is helping others, like connecting um, art with intuition. Uh-huh. And how does, so if I came to you and, and I wanted to connect in that way, how would you guide someone um, to, I guess, tap into that intuition? Because there's different forms, right? Like I've done it through writing and now I'm doing it through podcasting. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to, I think for the longest time, just get out of my head, right? Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. still in our head. Um, so what would be your, um, I guess your, like your guidance when it comes to art and intuition? Mm-hmm. The first thing with artwork is that, um, or the, the most common thing that people say to me is that, oh, I wish I was as creative as you, or I wish I was as artistic as you. Mm-hmm. and with when you tap when you connect the intuition and the art um the first thing that's important to understand is that the outcome has nothing to do with the artwork Mm. so people get really stuck with this outcome when it comes to using it as this intuitive guide Um, they want it to look like something in the end they want it to look like a pretty picture Mm. Um, but with therapy arts are you're healing through artwork it's more about breathing into the body and using your eyesight to connect to a color that can have a lot of emotional um, influences and using color to express whatever is coming up from the inside. So similar to writing, you know, you, when you write intuitively, so often people say that you get into a flow where it just starts to come out and it's not coming from a, an intentional place it's sort of coming from this intuitive source mm-hmm. artwork can add can can give you that as well um, but the beauty of it is that it has a lot more visual um, integrity I guess with the colors and the strokes you know if you're just wanting to scribble down hard lines that's the emotion that needs to come out with a dark purple color or if you're just wanting to do little speckles here and there I mean it's just it's it's really subtle, but it can be really fun as well. And then that end result doesn't even need to ever be um, showcased because it's not about the end result. It's about the experience and the connection. Um, and the, the beautiful thing about that is that I've heard through a lot of podcasts and conversations that people are always trying to exercise that intuitive muscle. And I really find that artwork is because many people are visual like me. I'm such a visual person. It connects that invisible intuitive thing that lives inside us and creates something that's physical that I can look at and understand, even if it means nothing or even if, it tells me nothing. It was that expression in the moment. And that's where I've really learned how to build that muscle too. So were you an artist before you started or like, where did, where do you feel this came from? 
you know, was it something you just always like to draw or was it something that called you? Like, how did that happen for you? Yeah, I was always, um, I was always a drawer. I was always a doodler. Um, my corporate profession is in graphic design. So I've worked in a creative field for many years, not, but for, I want to say all of those years, I probably never put a, a pencil down to paper. I was always on the computer. Mm. Um, but when I, when I started studying energy healing and Reiki, um, I learned that with that healing process that I was talking about before, my intuition was really being developed when I started to draw and, and heal from that place of painting. So um, I just started to connect the dots. It, it sort of, you know, one day clicked that they were one, mm-hmm. even though I had artwork you know, uh, in my life, for my whole life, basically, I, I like to sort of be that creative source. Talk to us about Reiki. How did that, how is that working with, with what you're doing now with art and everything? How does that all align for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Reiki is such a beautiful um, understanding of energy. It, it is, it allowed me to understand um how the energy system lives in our bodies and how we store energy energetically and everything is energy. Um, And when we, let's say, join it with trauma, which we're all living with and working through all the time. If we look at trauma as energy, as a ball of energy, uh, Reiki allows you to open that up and open up the lens to see it from all different sides. And it starts to make us think less about that pinpoint of the trauma, but more about the massaging the love into it and seeing the different um, sides of things and breaking it down and understanding every layer of certain things and situations. Um, Because, you know, when people say, um, you know, let's say this crystal has an energy source, Um, That's just the physical thing that represents so many other layers of what it may represent. And it can represent different things for different people. So what Reiki does for me is along with the healing and the hands-on work and um, all the lessons that I've learned from Reiki, it allows me to see things less literally and more intuitively because it it dives into the energy of things which is more subtle than the literal in front of us. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and, I, and I think it made sense because I just had my first uh, Reiki, like I went to a healer uh-huh. and I have a friend who does it as well, but I think everyone has different gifts even within doing that. Yes, absolutely. A friend that does it and it was just, I remember it was very calming And I just felt so good after it. Um, Mm -hmm. With this person, I felt like she was opening up like the spirit world, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. There was a lot of healing in it because of the the kind of person that she is. Uh It was a very non-judgmental place. Um, You can feel her wisdom in it and her spirituality. And it was just... It, it confirmed for me that in my dark times, just like you talk about someone's there for you, 
I knew somebody was there. I can feel them. I can sense them. But a lot of the times I would say, you know, I need a, a, a human body here. Like I know there is spirit and there is angels, but I, I just kept saying I feel really alone in this moment and it'd be nice to have that that human, you know, connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and not understanding that the human connection that I needed to have was with myself. Mm-hmm. And, and that prevented me to ha- from having it with others because I just didn't want to, I wasn't connecting to me. Uh, but I knew some, I wasn't alone. And so when I went uh, to that session, I was very emotional because it just confirmed that I'm never alone. Even at our loneliest, we are never by ourselves. There may be a, a need for that so that we can grow, but we are never alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just such a, a beautiful experience uh, to, to be able to do something like that and to be open enough um, to allow myself to get to a point finally where I'm um, just like you spoke about letting go and being open. Um, just like you, you talked about connect, connecting through art and then energy healing and all of that. Um, can you tell me what do you feel was the greatest gifts that you got from, from ending that relationship and now having these new relationships, you know, healing through art and Reiki? What I gained from that relationship. Mm-hmm. So much. Um, I learned that even in a relationship that, um, let's say, is perhaps a little bit unhealthy, there's still love and that we're all just doing our best in the world. And um, I learned that we're very different from one another and that when you're not true to yourself, so when I was with my ex, I was never true to myself and what I wanted and I was never true to my well-being and my happiness. And that will reflect in the people that are around you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it 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 gave me so many lessons and I'm so grateful for it. It helped me grow, it helped me understand what I really wanted in the world and it helped me um learn how to forgive. And not necessarily my partner, but mostly forgive myself. And it taught me to be okay with the mistakes that I made in my life and knowing and trusting that that was the path that I was supposed to be on in order to get to this moment. And the more I understood that, the faster my healing happened and the faster my alignment happened. And um, it keeps, that wheel keeps um, getting quicker and quicker to the point where I hope I can fully live the present moment um, and at a point where I can choose my happiness and never be in that type, in that situation ever again, which was a big lesson because you don't know you're learning that at the moment. <laughs> right. There's definitely a lot of blame, right? Why is it <laughs> happening to me? Why is this person doing this to me? Uh-huh. They treating me? So there's definitely a lot of a lot of blame. I why why do I allow this? Yeah. <laughs> I allow this. How did I get here? 
you know, there's definitely a lot of blame, um, not just on the other person, but on ourselves for what we allow to come in our lives. And then um, when there is that moment of recognizing that we call things through ourselves because of what we're putting out, um, yeah, there's definitely um, allows you to really see what you're really what your life was about and and what you were doing to yourself mm-hmm. um, but yeah that takes time <laughs> it does it doesn't it doesn't happen right away no so this year with the podcast I wanted to have more women like you um, that are owning um, their gifts and their femininity and their intuition and their paying attention more to maybe what their inner child wants so we're coming to the end of it, but if you can talk to us about your favorite self-care, number one, how you connect to your femininity and what it means to listen to your inner child. Hmm. Um, how I connect to my femininity, femininity <laughs> um, is, is by designing myself. I love beauty. I'm a Libra. So I love when my space looks beautiful. I love when I look beautiful. I take time in picking what I wear every single morning and putting on what makes me feel good in that day to express myself. And that makes me feel good from that feminine side. I also think that's the way that that's my form of self-care. That's my form of loving myself and telling myself that I'm beautiful, which is new for me. You know, those are, that's, I didn't always tell myself or think that I was beautiful. Mm. Um, So body shaming is a big part of, you know, the voices in my head. So my mornings are always about beauty, basically, and making myself feel beautiful. Um, and then how I connect to my inner child is I'm still working on it, but I, I really believe that it's about being truly present in a moment and finding the humor and the spark and the connection with other people that isn't so serious. I'm a really serious person. Probably you found out from this podcast. I just dive right in all the time. <laughs> right into the deep end. Um, And that's how I am. That's just how I am. Um, But what I found is that it's really fun to not dive in the the deep end all the time and to be super present and get silly and look at someone in the eye and point out, you know, things like the flowers blooming in spring, you know, things like that. And, and that takes presence for me and seeing, even seeing the people in the room and being like, Ooh, I'm curious about that person. I'm going to go, try to make them laugh, even though I've never talked to them before. Um, but for me, that takes presence and that takes um, yeah, being really aware of my environment and, and making eye contact with people. And what is the one thing that we or the audience can do to support you? One thing that you can do to support me is to give me a follow or even to comment on one of my photos and tell them, tell me how it makes you feel from a place of intuition because that's where my curiosity lies. And if my artwork sparks um, 
inspiration or empowerment or a message, then I'd love to know. My name is Adriana or Adri, and my website is adricreative.com, A-D-R-I creative.com, where I talk all about art and intuition and connecting to your inner creativity. And you can find me on Instagram at adricreative or adri.lovesyou. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the episode, don't forget to share and please rate the podcast on iTunes as it helps get this out there to more amazing women like you. And because diversity and representation matter, the more we get the word out, the more we grow the number of women of color in the podcast world. Don't forget to sign up for the three-day challenge to getting unstuck. You'll find the link in the show notes.